Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In most wars, bullets and bombs tend to steal the show. But knitting is also a weapon, and a wily one at that. And no, it's not because of the sharp needles. For centuries, wartime knitting has conjured shadowy powers in secret knitted codes, encrypted messages crafted directly into the stitches of garments that were passed along to allies who decrypted the strands and then planned their responses accordingly. The practice, which is technically called steganography, has actually been around for thousands of years. It refers to the act of hiding secret messages in ordinary items so as not to arouse suspicion. With enough expertise and calm nerves, a clever person could pass along detailed messages right under the noses of even the most intelligent adversary. To understand how codes are crafted into knitting, you need a bit of handicraft background. 
We spoke with Melissa Kemmerer, co-creator of Nomadic Knits, a knitting and culture magazine. She said, knitting is made up of different stitches, the most common of which are the knit and purl. At its simplest, relatable to binary code. Knit stitches are flat and resemble the letter V, while purl stitches are horizontal bumps. In essence, that means anyone with the right skills and knitting prowess could learn to hide messages in fabric, and there are infinite ways to do so. For example, you could conceal numbers or text as Morse code, which uses a series of basic dashes and dots to relay information. By alternating these two stitches to produce Morse code, the knitter could send encrypted messages through something like an innocent-looking sweater. The message sender could pass along the garment to an undercover agent who would interpret the code and send along the message to headquarters. Non-knitters, as many soldiers have tended to be, would likely not notice anything unusual about a piece of knitting. Kemmerer explained, knit and purl stitches are regularly used together in patterns to create a variety of common textures, a picture the ribbing on the hems and cuffs of a sweater. And the odd pearl bump hidden in a pattern of knit stitches could easily be overlooked, or if noticed, assumed to be part of the intended patterning. Even when more noticeable stitches were used to encode a message into the garment, it would appear to the uneducated eye to simply be a mistake. Experienced knitters can spot any variation in stitches right away, especially when knowing where to look. But even though knitting was seemingly an easy way to create a secret message, why bother? After all, the early 20th century saw a boom in long-distance communications technologies. Well, because knitting was a common sight during many wars during this time, and so it was the perfect cover. Women could thus conduct their intelligence activities in broad daylight without raising suspicion. For example, as World War I dragged on, Belgian intelligence agents made friends with elderly women who lived near railway stations. Conveniently, these women had windows in their homes that overlooked train tracks. They surreptitiously asked these women, who perhaps looked too old and innocent to be suspected as spies, to monitor passing Imperial Germany's train movements. Those who agreed to help followed a system that required them to diligently watch for passing trains. As they knitted throughout the day, they'd purl a stitch when they saw an artillery train. Or if a troop rail car passed, they'd drop a stitch, meaning they'd leave a hole in the pattern. A generation later, during World War II, those themes continued. Kemmerer said, Along with victory gardens and scrap metal drives, knitting warm clothing for the men and boys was a way to lift morale on the home front while contributing to the war effort. Resources were scarce around the world. Countless supplies and factories were destroyed, leaving soldiers to rely on donations for precious basic necessities like socks and hats. And once again, that meant that knitting was a way for spies to hide in plain sight. So prolific was this sort of conspiratorial knitting during World War I that during World War II, authorities took action to slow the spread of knitting patterns. Kemmerer said, while hundreds of thousands of knitters were tasked with practical knitting, dozens of brave women used their knitting to discreetly smuggle military intelligence and secrets. If caught, these brave women faced imprisonment or execution. During World War II, both the United States and the UK banned the printing and posting of written knitting patterns, as their repetitive abbreviations could easily be ciphered into codes, but they could hardly ban the act of knitting itself. Codes aside, knitting was also just a wily bit of subterfuge. After all, 
who suspects an innocent knitter of nefarious deeds. As it turns out, one of the most famous characters of World War II posed as a crafty type. On May 1st of 1944, a British spy by the name of Phyllis Latour Doyle parachuted into Normandy. She was a highly trained agent taking part in a clandestine special operations executive plan to develop resistance against the Nazi forces that were occupying France. Her weapon of choice? Not daggers or bullets, but knitting. More specifically, the detailed secret codes that she hid in her knitting. She roamed the countryside pretending to be a teenager. Always helpful and talkative with German troops, she managed to gather many bits of information, ultimately sending 135 coded messages before the Allies finally liberated the country. She told New Zealand Army News in 2009, I always carried knitting because my codes were on a piece of silk. I had about 2,000 I could use. When I used a code, I would just pinprick it to indicate it had gone. I wrapped the piece of silk around a knitting needle and put it in a flat shoelace, which I used to tie my hair up. Even when she was shaken down by suspicious German intelligence officers, her system was perfect. They never found her coded evidence. Given the long history of whip-smart knitters and knitted codes, it's safe to say, if you're ever in a war, never trust anyone carrying a bag of yarn. Today's episode was written by Nathan Chandler and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other pearls of wisdom, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. Uh, Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, Plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.